Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. Barrio Logan is coffee, art, music, love, passion. It's a, a small place, but it's very nice. I like it. Okay, Barrio Logan is a great community, a great artistic community. Oh, sí, mucho, mucho cambia, mucho, 100%. Um, Barrio Logan is changing every day. Barrio Logan is community. Barrio Logan is empowering. Barrio Logan is beautiful. So, say the whole sentence? Okay, so Barrio Logan is inspiration. Barrio Logan is empowerment. Barrio Logan is culture. Barrio Logan is por vida. <laughs> Barrio Logan is home. Barrio Logan is in trouble. Greg Stringman is a developer, and he's really well-known. He's famous for his flair, but it's not the plumbing, appliances, and flooring he puts in. It's what he does next. Here he is explaining it to the Union Tribune. I think that the neatest thing that we've had in terms of uh, integrating into our projects is a lot of street art. Mm-hmm. You know, street art has a tendency to get kind of a bad name. You know, everyone kind of labels it as graffiti. And as our city's kind of moving forward, progressing to be more of a bigger urban city, I think people are starting to recognize that it's not necessarily just graffiti up on the side of a wall, that it's an actual piece of art. Mm-hmm. And we've really strived hard to integrate that into all of Greg our Greg and his company so, work you know, really hard on making the buildings theory. look cool. They want them to appeal to young creative types, so his company adds things like bike-sharing programs, hip community spaces, communal gardens, and art installations. If you live in San Diego, you might have seen one of his projects in North Park, Bankers Hill, or downtown, and maybe stopped for a minute to wonder why there's, like, a giant portrait of an old bearded dude hanging on the outside of a building. Greg's projects are noticeably you different. Can see that creativeness, art, culture runs right through this company's blood. It's right in its DNA. So that's Greg right after he walked me through his new office in Barrio Logan, the historically Latino neighborhood that sits under the San Diego Coronado Bay Bridge. A good chunk of the workspace is being used as an art gallery that's currently showing a collection of works by Tijuanata, a Mexican artist Greg recently discovered and fell in love with. Greg really likes art. Like, a lot. Art, art, artist, art, art, public art campaign. He's amassed a huge personal art collection that hangs in his office and throughout his home in Bonita. He recently launched a public art project and is hanging art on the outside of buildings in both San Diego and Tijuana. But his love of art has recently been catching him some flack. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, okay, he, he put some new paint up and he made it look a little prettier. Great. But what's up with that fucking quote? Why, why does he have to, <laughs> to, 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 to show on the side of his building what a wonderful guy he is? So that, that's what I don't understand. Brent Beltran, a Barrio Logan resident and activist, is wary of the gentrification he says he sees happening all around him. He isn't a fan of Greg or the building Greg recently rehabbed. 
Brent especially doesn't like the art installation on Greg's building. It's an old scoreboard hanging on the outside with a quote next to it that reads, Yeah, we keep score not by how much money you effin' make, but how much you enrich your community. And I'm not censoring that, by the way. That's how the quote reads with an F asterisk, then I-N. Greg bought the property in Barrio Logan a few years ago. His building sits at the end of a cul-de-sac on Logan Avenue, a street that's recently become the heart of an artistic renaissance. He calls his latest project Mi Apartamento. It includes two buildings with 29 units, mostly studios and a few one- and two-bedroom apartments. The property also came with three commercial units behind the apartment buildings. There's a small convenience store in one of them, and the other two are vacant. Greg's new office is close by. He and his company had their office in the clubby gas lamp district in downtown San Diego for 20 years before he decided to move his team to Barrio. For all of our 10 team members, and after sourcing out North Park, South Park, Little Italy, Mission Hills, you know, we kind of settled on Barrio Logan was going to be an ideal home for us because of some of the cultural history and the richness of the people that are here. Greg's a bit of a Latinophile. He loves Mexican culture. He actually owns a taco shop in North Park. And he's one of the first of a small wave of San Diego developers working on projects across the border in Tijuana. Moving his office to Barrio Logan was a no-brainer. But folks like Brent, who've lived in Barrio Logan for a while, see Greg as an outsider. Or worse, a shameless developer who wants to change the neighborhood and chase out its residents by charging higher rent and bringing other outsiders in. Brent says the quote on the building was some sort of douchey, egotistical announcement about how happy the community should be to have Greg's presence there. He says it's hard to look at a scoreboard, after all, without having it evoke a sense of competitiveness or an us-versus-them mentality. I'm a resident of Barrio Logan. I don't own property. I don't have a business. I'm a resident. And I'm very concerned about the... The, the onset of gentrification that's taking place in this community. It's uh, raising property values, which is great if you own property, but the vast majority of people that live here in Barrio Logan are renters. And those renters, over the next five years, will probably be pushed out because of the way property values are going up. According and to the online the, real estate uh, site Trulia, Brent's right. Only about 20% of folks in Barrio Logan own their homes. And a recent study says about 70% of the neighborhood's population is below the poverty level. In comparison, the city of San Diego as a whole has a poverty level of just 15%. While a big majority of people in the neighborhood are still Latino, the most recent census data shows about a 10% drop in that population. So yeah, there are struggling Latino renters who have been, or could soon be, priced out of Barrio Logan. That's the reality that lies beneath Greg's scoreboard. I'm Kinsey Moreland, by the way, and you're listening to episode two of CultureCast, Voice of San Diego's podcast about arts and culture in the San Diego region. If you missed episode one, consider going back and giving it a listen since this entire first season is all about Barrio Logan. Anyway, Greg's scoreboard brought the tension between old and new and Barrio Logan to the surface and rekindled the fiery community pride that runs through the neighborhood. But there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the reality of the development going on in Barrio Logan and the gentrification that's happening. We'll get into that, but first, more on how Greg's love of art didn't go over all that well. 
In January, when Greg opened his Mi Apartamento project, he did what he's done with all of what he calls his community at branded residential projects. Before he moved any tenants in, he turned over the entire building to artists for a night. Two local arts groups, Cohort Collective and Cesio, organized the event and essentially gave almost two dozen artists complete control over their own rooms throughout the building. Artists like Mike Maxwell used a room to show off his latest experimentations in abstract painting. Celeste Byers had a whimsical full room installation. Spencer Little, Sergio Hernandez, and other artists set up shop inside the building for the night. It was something to see. I actually took my young kids and a few of my friends with their kids to the opening in January. As we waited in line, our kids squealed when they saw a woman's feet through the window. She was doing an upside-down contemporary dance, and the kids thought it was awesome. It was more of an art party rather than the art show I had been personally prepared for, though, so we blasted our way through most of the rooms, but pretty quickly left before the band got too loud and the atmosphere started feeling way too much like a house party for a group of moms with kids in tow. It was a, a very raucous affair. <laughs> a really, That's Seth Coombs, uh, a writer for the alternative really news weekly San Diego City Beat. Uh, Seth went to the party, too, and he says he felt a little icky about it afterwards. Okay, so Seth, I'm going to read a line you ended up writing about the event. It became clear Parallel wasn't an art event. It was a carefully staged marketing party that happened to include some art. So do you kind of stand by that assessment or still? You know, I, I've, I've told Greg this personally. If, if, if I have any, I wouldn't say they are regrets, but in, in hindsight, I, I do wish that I hadn't been so declarative in that stance or at least presented it in a way that was much more clear that that was my opinion or that is the way it felt. Um, I've told Greg that I know that um, both, for, for, both for him and for the Cohort Collective and for Cesio, I know that their hearts are in the right place. But for me... The party itself was just had this feeling of uh, art for the sake of commerce. That's just the way it felt. Barrio Logan residents complained about Greg's art opening, too. A few folks I talked to didn't feel like they were invited. They said the event felt as if some stranger was holding a rogue party in their own front yard. Greg says that perception of the event and overall of what he's doing in Barrio Logan is all wrong. For one thing, he says the rental market is tight in San Diego, so he doesn't need to spend a bunch of money on an event and let artists in the building he owns for a night. He says he does it because the event is the type of cool cultural happening he wishes there were more of in San Diego. So um, my financial partner in this project and in the other ones always ask me the why. Like, why do we do this? And I always tell them it's like it's, it's a certain part of me that loves art, lo loves culture, and loves to see people experience things in San Diego that maybe they're not used to experiencing. I mean, you just don't get, I mean, what other apartment buildings are takeovers? Maybe you get art shows in warehouses or you get art shows in, in galleries, but where do you get an opportunity where each artist is more or less getting their own little space to do what they want to do? Greg admits that his brand probably so. does benefit from being associated with cool art events. In other words, there are probably people who end up renting from him because they've either been to one of his art events or just heard about them. But he swears that's not the motivation. 
He says he hung rental posters and flyers around the building the night of the event because at past events and other projects, he's been stuck fielding questions about the space all night. He wanted to head that off this time and sit back and enjoy the show. He says if it all was just a big marketing ploy, he thinks the artist wouldn't agree to participate. So, you know, my argument would be is like if they really felt like it was a commercial endeavor, you know, that I was somehow leveraging art to a com- my company's benefit, I, knowing the artist and the art community, I think they would give me a big middle finger, you know? I mean, <laughs> respond to that. Greg says he wishes he could just sit down and have a conversation with folks like Brent. Because the truth is, he says, rent has actually gone down in some of the apartments since he took over the building on Logan Avenue. 30 to probably 35% of the people that were living in this building when we acquired it were paying more money then than we're renting the apartments for today. So kind of in that scale of what you think of like gentrification being like, okay, you're out and we're raising the rents and we're raising the property values. It didn't really work that way. You know, a lot of these people that, you know, the, the previous owner was, was kind of letting six people live there and he was just getting a higher rent. I mean, if we're getting 950 for a studio, he was getting 1100 for a studio. You know, if he, if we're getting a thousand one fifty, which is still for a one bedroom, he was getting, you know, 1250 or 1350 because he was just letting so many more people live there. And about that quote he had painted on the building next to the scoreboard. Well, it's an art installation by a local artist named Jordan Stark. Greg found the old scoreboard at an antique mall in Ocean Beach, and he asked Jordan to come up with something cool to do with it. Knowing about the strong sense of community in Barrio Logan, Jordan and Greg came up with what they thought would resonate with people while also relating to the scoreboard. So to me, it's like the message is more about, you know, don't focus on making as much money. Focus on making making contributing something to your neighborhood, whether it's your church, a youth program, cleaning your own sidewalk in front of your property, saying hello to your neighbor, helping someone cross it. I mean, it sounds silly, but you know, I mean, I think, I think the piece is very open for interpretation. You know, like I said before, we're not trying to change Barrio. My wife and our company and our family chose to be here because we wanted to be part of the rich history and culture that it is. Hence the reason why we're, we're drawn to work in Tijuana. We like the, 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 the Latin Mexican community. We like being here, you know? And it, it, it's, it's, the piece of art isn't about us. It's, it's about hopefully empowering or getting people to think more about just doing good for other people. Just the other day, Greg says he had his staff outside in the alley behind their office picking up trash. He himself has been going to Barrio Logan planning meetings and looking at nonprofits in the neighborhood that he can partner with. That's what the art installation on the building is about, he says. Just getting up and doing something nice for your neighbors. But gentrification is happening in Barrio Logan. Greg admits that. But he says he certainly didn't start it, so it's not like it's his fault. And, uh, you know, the gentrification thing down here is not, this project isn't the, the starting line. This is, this is probably the, the quarter mile mark. You know, we're probably already, if it were a mile race, it's already happening. Greg says he thinks the right developers, and he puts himself into that category, should be welcome to a neighborhood that's been neglected for so many years. Barrio Logan still has one of the city's highest crime rates. 
there's a big homeless population that its residents have to deal with, and lots of buildings are vacant, crumbling, or both. New projects can be good for an old neighborhood like Barrio Logan, Greg says. He points to the Mercado del Barrio project, a big new mixed-use development down the street from his building. The project took decades longer than it was supposed to. But since it did finally open a few years ago, the community seems to be digging it. It brought in a new grocery store to what had previously been a food desert. The development attracted an ice cream shop, other restaurants, and it includes a cool interactive water fountain that kids can run through in the hot summer months. Normally, a big development project like that would open the floodgates to other larger-scale projects. But Greg says there's one major reason why Barrio Logan isn't being completely inundated with new development right now. The outdated zoning laws. ...are raising serious questions tonight over a possible change to the Barrio Logan community plan update. The community plan that dictates what can and can't be built in Barrio Logan hasn't been updated for years. And as it stands, the plan's actually not very development-friendly. Greg says he has a handful of friends, local architects and developer types, who already own property in Barrio Logan. But they're sitting on their property, in part because he says they can't come up with a project that both fits the outdated zoning guidelines and pencils out financially. The city council approved a new plan that outlined exactly what developers could do. But the shipbuilding industry, tied closely to the Navy and nearby job centers, funded a ballot measure to throw out the new rules. Voters approved it, so nothing changed. Until the city updates the plan, Greg says it's probably going to be small developers like him moving in. Um, So I think a lot of what you're going to see in this neighborhood is going to be like acupuncture, just very, very, very to the point, like this building that we're in today. I I think it's going to grow like real organically. I really do. I just don't see anyone coming in here and just like tearing this place apart. I just don't see it. I just think that there's enough separation from, and who knows, maybe a Charger Stadium is going to change the whole, you know, I mean, maybe that changes the whole dialogue, at least for, you know, here's the funny thing about... One thing Seth brought up in the article he wrote about Barrio Logan was the fact that he wasn't so much worried about Greg, but he was worried about other developers seeing what Greg is doing, seeing the big fun art party and wanting to copy him by moving into Barrio Logan and doing a project of their own. I, I do think that... Not only developers or redevelopers or, or um, businesses will see, because let's, let's, not, let's not, you know, mince words here. This was a very successful event, for, you know, whether you can make the argument that it was successful to artists or successful for the building or, or whatever, but there were a ton of people there. And I think people will see that and be like, what are they doing? Can we do that too? And I know that's a very broad statement, but it's true. I, I, you know, it's like you can go, you know, you can ask somebody in Silver Lake right now if that happened back in the day. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, like there was that one moment where I knew, you know, or you can ask somebody in, in Williamsburg or, or, or North Park, for that matter. There was that one moment where I knew like, oh, well, there goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood. Greg says he doesn't have time to worry about copycats. His job is to just keep doing what he's doing, buying and redeveloping property and managing the places his company already owns. Recently, protesters set up in front of his building on Logan Ave. 
He was on his way out of the country, but someone called him to tell him about it, and his heart immediately dropped. But it turned out to be a false alarm. There were protests throughout all of Barrio Logan, maybe related to something Donald Trump had recently said. But in that moment, Greg realized how worried he was that something like that could happen in a neighborhood like Barrio Logan that's known for its community activism. Hector Salas owns a small convenience store in one of the commercial units in Barrio Logan that Greg now owns. He's been there in the same place for 16 years and has lasted through two previous landlords. Hector says the change Greg has brought to the neighborhood has been mostly good. Yeah, changed change a lot, changed the building, changed the tenants, people, new people. Looks better. Looks better. better. Looks better area, yes. Okay. And um, has he been a good landlord to you? Or? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, no complaint. After Hector and I talked for a while, it turned out that he did have a few minor complaints, or more like worries. For one thing, he said he missed the big Mexican families that used to be crammed into the small apartments before Greg bought the building. They bought the milk and the eggs and the baby food he sells there. The new tenants... Not so much. His number one sellers now are soda pops and cigarettes. But Hector's hopeful business will pick up again once more people move on to and around Logan Avenue. Oh, yeah, I think so, and I hope so. <laughs> That's why we need more business, you know? Yeah. Has it been, um, in your 16 years here, has business gone up and down, or has it been pretty steady? Yeah. The big grocery store that moved into the Mercado development down the street didn't help his business, Hector says. And Greg has recently been trying to convince him to downsize his store and move into just half of the space he's renting now. Greg's recommended he stop selling some of the stuff that isn't selling anymore. Hector doesn't like that idea, though. He says he likes the size of the store now. He says he hopes more families start recognizing how safe the neighborhood is now so that it's not just the young single people moving in. He says he does his part in promoting the neighborhood to anyone yeah, and, who asks. Uh, new people came here, they asked me, how the barrio? How did you think the barrio? Oh, that's not good. Because we heard before, years ago, was bad. Like dangerous. No, like against, yeah. But now everything is clean. I don't see bad people no more. I see new people, good persons, and, you know, more, uh, more safety. More nice. It's good. It's better, better area to live now yeah. than before. Mm-hmm. Before little, you know, little problems. Juan Martinez Milan is a part-time real estate agent who grew up on Logan Avenue in Barrio Logan. He says most of the real estate deals he ends up doing are off-market. People he knows come to him and ask him if he knows anyone who might be interested in buying their home or business. He usually does. Because Juan grew up there, he does worry about gentrification. He doesn't want to be one of the guys ushering it along. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have um, been mentioning about outsiders coming in and uh, a lot of push about gentrification, um, you know, but a lot of it is just kind of a Logan Avenue mainly. Uh, but if you look around the businesses, I mean, the people that are running the business are people that uh, some of them don't live in the community, but are very embraced. Um, I don't know if it's the proper word, but they, they have embraced the culture. You know, they some of them identify themselves with the quote-unquote Chicano culture. And to me, that's, that's a great thing. The street has changed. But, you know, you drive around and, you know, Barrio Logan's still Barrio Logan. It's still uh, same, a lot of the, the same people there. 
Do you feel like as a real estate agent that you're contributing to the problem of gentrification or do you look at it as you're helping the um, renaissance of the neighborhood? Oh, you know, it's a, it's a mix, it's a mixed feeling, but in general, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a problem. It's just a whole different perspective. It's, it's, um, you know, everything's what, what's, what's causing it is that everything's moving too quick. Hmm. You know, it's moving too quick. And for people that had been living there and all of a sudden see this changes, it's a little, a little too fast. Little jarring, but, you know. But but if I mean if if you look around, if you look at the the property profiles, I mean it's been always a mixture of Latinos that have owned Barrio Logan and people with um, Anglo-Saxon or uh, or foreign. I don't know if it's the proper word, but you know, like like Johnson Smith, you know, <laughs> have owned property in Barrio Logan. I'm just, and I'm, I mean, I'm just. You know, because some people, and I'm telling you honestly, you know, some people are claiming that, well, you know, there's a lot of outsiders coming in, they're, they're going to take over, but it, it, it's not something new. I mean, Juan says one important thing people should know about Barrio Logan, or maybe just Latino culture in general, is that property is often a big piece of a family's legacy. It's something families want to pass down to their kids and their kids' kids. So he says a lot of Latino families don't let go of it very often. And when they do, when they call him and ask if he knows anyone who'd be interested in buying, they don't always end up just taking the highest offer he can find. Everything that I worked on is basically off-market. And to be honest with you, it's not a matter of price because um, uh, it happened more than once where the seller met the buyer and he or she didn't like them. And, you know, for any given excuse, she said, you know, I don't think this person is going to be a, a good fit for the community. And I don't think... Juan closed the deal between Greg and the previous owner. He says he thinks Greg's a good fit for the neighborhood, but he understands that people probably need to meet him in person before they agree. Uh, I know with him, it, it's a matter of, uh, you know, approaching him. I know the sign that he posted, it, it created a lot of... Um, Animosity. Negative... Uh, connotations yes but i think you know uh it, it's a matter of just maybe it maybe like i said maybe came across the wrong way but it's a matter of approaching uh greg if if, if you get to meet him as a person he's a great great guy you know i can speak highly of him and some of the people that uh, were opposed to to the, the design i mean i i i don't know them personally that well but I've met them before, and I think that uh, they're also great people. And, and these are people that, uh, you know, some were born in the community and some, you know, moved not too long ago into the community, and they're embracing it and they want to be part of it, which I think is great. But it, it's a matter of just kind of having a meeting of the minds, you know, and, you know, because it's easy to judge when you don't know the person or, or the, the person's intentions behind. Juan says his advice to both buyers or anyone who's thinking about moving to Barrio Logan to live or start a business is always the same. Come in and embrace the culture that's already there, that's existing. Because one thing is, is the Chicano culture is very, very proud. Even though I, I moved down not too long ago from, from that street, from, from 2171 Logan, but when I drive and I see this business, Mexica, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Hmm. 
Now I'm okay, Mashika. You know, a lot of people don't know, but the name. I mean, when I see that, I'm like, wow. You know, uh, it, it puts a smile on my face because uh, Mashika is what um, the Aztecs would refer to each other among themselves. What is you know, the business? Huh? What is the business? What is the business? Um, it's a, it's I believe it's a clothing store. Juan thinks Mashika is a good example of business owners moving into Barrio Logan the right way by embracing the local culture. He wants to see more of that, more creative small businesses contributing to the growing cultural scene, especially the one flourishing on Logan Avenue. There are a few things in Barrio Logan though that he says need to remain in Barrio Logan forever no matter how many new businesses or people start lining up to move in. One, says Juan, is a popular Mexican restaurant that is never without a line out its doors. Cuatro Milpas. For example, if I hear that uh, Cuatro Milpas is going to get demolished, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'd be one of the guys right there with a machine gun protesting, you know, like, you're not going to do this. And the other is Chicano Park, a park in the heart of Barrio Logan that houses the world's biggest collection of outdoor murals. The plot of land was originally going to be paved over and turned into a parking lot and station for the California Highway Patrol. But the community got wind of that decision and staged a huge protest to make sure it became a public park instead. Juan says that kind of passionate activism still runs deep through the blood of the Barrio Logan community. He feels like it's that fact that will help protect the neighborhood from really bad development I decisions. So. I think the community will definitely uh, have a vote. I mean, that's how that's how Chicano Park got started. You know, it was a bunch of moms and, and grandpas and kids and, you know, everyone going in and protesting and getting in front of bulldozers. So there's a lot of pride there. You know, where's the development going to take place? What is it going to you know. Greg says he gets it. He knows how important Barrio Logan's culture and identity is. He doesn't want to change that. But he doesn't mind seeing more outsiders like him coming in either, as long as they have the right intentions. He's actually in the middle of trying to fill his other two vacant commercial spaces on Logan Avenue. He says he thinks the neighborhood needs more food, maybe pizza, so it won't compete with existing restaurants. But more importantly, he says he's looking for the right business owner. I don't think someone that has a certain sensitivity to what this community is all about and the heritage and the culture that comes with it, I think they should be welcome. That's my own belief. I mean, I mean, it's reverse discrimination if you think about it, you know? I mean, I'm just your average mutt white guy and, you know, I mean, Californian, fifth, fourth, fifth generation California, I don't know, I think I'm fourth generation Californian. So, you know, to just not want anyone else other than someone being Latin or Mexican is kind of hard, you know? I mean, to think. I mean, really? I mean, it's like if I'm going to give to my community, if I'm going to volunteer time or I'm going to go plant more trees or I'm going to go sweep more sidewalks, it's like, why would you, you know, why would you not want that type of person in the community? I mean, I would want people in my community that way. I, 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 I would welcome other people to come in and buy land if they have the right sensitivity. If their whole goal is to come in here and build, I, I don't, what I would not want to see happen, and I would feel pretty strongly about it because I feel like I'm here now, not just as a property owner, but here physically here, like every day, as you know. I mean, I come to work here 60 hours a week. Um, I mean, this is, this is I'm, I'm here in this building more than I am my own home. 
I would not want someone to come in here and do a master plan community. I would not want someone to come in here and bulldoze a half a block or a full block or a quarter of a block and build something that is not in scale, in, in culture of what's here. Like I said, I feel like it organically can happen. I say you walk by and I see some families I don't know if it's the original owner or other people buying homes, but people are fixing up home by home. And you know it's a neat thing, and it makes it more prideful. Chicano Park has become one of Greg's favorite places to walk through when he takes a break during a long work day. He says he really digs it, and he hopes anyone who wants to live or work in Barrio Logan sees the immense value of the park, too. People don't realize how much Chicano Park is a city and California treasure. Every day that I walk, I, I, I walk through it almost every day, like literally three or four days a week I walk through it. The reason being is I'm so glad that whoever authorized and spent the money to redo all those murals in the last three to five years, it's a treasure. And you know what, it's that type of treasure that inspires me to be a better person. So I would want someone to- Chicano Park really has become the glue that's held the community together during its bad and better years. It's hard to imagine Barrio Logan without it. But the park almost fell victim to bad outsider development almost 45 years ago. Lots of outsiders eyeing Barrio Logan right now don't really know much about Chicano Park. They see the big Chicano murals and most probably think it looks cool. But not enough folks know how the park or the art got there. They've never really heard about the fight for the land. Next time on CultureCast, I talk to a group of people working to cement the park's tumultuous history by turning a city-owned building into a new Chicano Park Museum and Cultural Center. Absolutely, and that building was initially part of the whole negotiation for this land, Chicano Park, back in uh, April 22nd, which is equivalent to Earth Day, right? But we took over this land along with that building, and that building was designated um, initially as a California Highway Patrol, because that's what this was going to be. And when we uh, uh, occupied this land, that building uh, was negotiated for services for the community. Culture Cast was written and produced by me, Kinsey Moreland. Tristan Loper provided production oversight. Scott Lewis is my editor, and Colin Thompson did the mastering. CultureCast is brought to you by Voices San Diego. We're a nonprofit investigative news outfit that's powered by people like you, people who become members and give us donations so we can keep bringing you stories like these. Thanks for listening, and please make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, or check out the other podcasts in the Voice of San Diego podcast network.